Hi, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Reading Radio Podcast. This is our first episode ever. It was done a long time ago, and actually, this episode was done as kind of a test. You'll hear we didn't even know what we were going to call the show. Alora's voice is about 12 octaves higher. It is what it is. We're glad you joined us, but if this is your first ex- exposure to the show, please listen to another one of our episodes, preferably one more recently where we've grown and developed our voice as podcasters. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Here's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Fisher. And Laura Fisher. And this is our yet-to-be-named podcast where we'll be discussing <laughs> books that we've both read. We're thinking of calling it the, what'd you say? The Father-Daughter Book Nook? Yeah. We'll see. That may be the, may be the title. Uh, with all the excitement recently, we've decided we wanted to discuss Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and, and the, the Cursed, Cursed Child. Child. Because we figure at this point, everybody's read it. If you haven't, you should go read it now. It's by Jack Thorne and John Tiffany. Based off of the world of J.K. Rowling. One thing that surprised me about this book when I got it, aside from the fact that it was a day late Amazon, <laughs> was, was that it was written by or as a script. Yeah. That kind of surprised me. I was a little bit disappointed in that because I was thinking of it as a book, not a script. Now, I knew Harry Potter and the Cursed Child was coming out as a play. Yeah. But I thought they'd actually written a novelization of the play. So yeah. So it would have all the great descriptions and attributes of a novel as opposed to just uh, a script. So I was a little disappointed in that. So we have a few questions, having read it now, um, but we can discuss it. You know, let's do it, have a spoiler discussion. So if yes. you haven't read it, you should go read it now. Uh, this The book takes place after all the other books. In fact, 21 years after the Battle of Hogwarts, Harry and her... I thought it was 19. Uh... Sure, I think it's twenty because I just we just read something about that. Okay, so it was many years after the Battle of Hogwarts. So it actually starts. The opening scene is the final scene of Book Seven, where Ginny and Harry and Ron and Hermione all drop their kids off to go to school. So Albus is dropped off, and of course he's nervous about where which house he'll be sorted into. We find out shortly that Albus is going to be the main character of this book, and he is actually spoiler coming. Sorted into Slytherin, Slytherin, which he was very depressed about. Um, And so he is sorted into the same house. um, As Scorpius Malfoy's son. Yes, Scorpius Malfoy, who we met on the train and actually got along with fairly well. But Rose was not happy about it. Right. And Rose was Hermione Hermione and Ron's daughter. (sighs) Right. Yeah, she Hermione. No, it was, her name was Rose Granger Weasley. Right. They hyphenated their last name. Which makes perfect sense for Hermione's character and Ron um, as well. I think that worked out perfectly well. <laughs> they move. They move through school. Uh, they they actually jump through several several years, and the relationship between Albus and Harry is strained because Albus is not anything like Harry, and Harry doesn't have a model for what a father is supposed to be. He gets along really well with James, his older son. Yeah, who went to Hogwarts years before. Right, and is in Gryffindor, and plays Quidditch, and, and does, does all the stuff. does all the things that Harry does. He's just like Harry Junior. Yeah, which causes some conflict because Albus sees James as Harry's favorite. Yeah, I can see how he sees that. Doesn't he have a daughter too? Yeah, she doesn't play into the story much. Yeah, but it'd be very easy for parents to favor the children that they uh, can associate with more easily. Yeah. So you and I are doing this book club. You have a sister. Yeah. She's not as into reading. 
Not so, really, but she is getting into it. Yeah. So, but I've got to be very careful not to show like favoritism towards you and make sure I pay attention to her as well. Yeah. And I don't think Harry got that. Like he didn't know because he had nothing to compare to. The Dursleys aren't really anything that you want to be like. Exactly. You don't want to. That's not the kind of parents you want to be. So what ends up happening is Delphi Diggory comes with Cedric's father, Mister Diggory, to Harry's house, and they basically. They hear rumors that there's another time-turner, and they want him to go back in time and save Cedric's life. Yes. Which he refuses to do. However, Albus overhears this conversation and decides that he'll go do it because he wants to change one of the things his father did wrong. So he can be more of his father's world and his father likes him more. I, I didn't get that impression. I actually thought it was because he was trying to, to undo... Like, he saw the one bad thing his father did, and he wanted to undo it. But I wouldn't really call that Harry's fault. It's not like he could have known that it wasn't going to teleport them out of the maze. No, absolutely. I don't think it was his fault. But I think that I got the impression that, that Albus was, was trying to go in and say, oh, my dad did all these great things, but he did this one bad thing too. And I'm going to fix it and be the hero. But I could have been open to interpretation. That's what's really cool about reading, because they don't always give you all the answers. Long story short, I'm not gonna, we don't have to summarize the whole book, but Delphi turns out to be the long-lost daughter of dun-dun-dun... Voldemort. Voldemort. He apparently had a child with Bellatrix Lestrange. How that happened, considering she was in Azkaban forever and then died at the Battle of Hogwarts, um, which was about 21 years before this happened, leaves very little room for error. Some people have been discussing when that how that could have been possible. Fan fiction it. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's out there already. Anyway, she tries to undo the death of Voldemort. By going back to Godric's Hollow, um, and keeping, we assume her goal is to is to keep is to kill Harry or kill James and Lee herself, and prevent Voldemort from dying in the first place and winning her father's affection. That's not the impression I got. I thought that she was just going to try to stop her him at all from doing it. Oh well, that would have been interesting. That well, if she would have, then eventually, well, if if she would have stopped him, then. Harry wouldn't have been the chosen one. That prophecy would have still been up in the air. It could have been and it would him. have been Neville. Neville well, instead. it could have been him or Neville. Yeah. It became Harry when Voldemort attacked him and marked him as his equal. Yeah. That's real. This is really nerdy level conversation we're having right now, and I'm so proud. <laughs> I guess one of the other big questions is, who is the cursed child? I kind of assumed that was Albus. Yeah, when I first started reading it, I absolutely did too. Well, I didn't think it was until later in the book. Okay, so how much later? Like, probably about scene act two. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember what's what there. Or, like, later in the book, around the middle or so. Okay. Is that the first time you thought about it, or you that's when you finally decided it was Albus? Maybe a little bit of both. Okay. I think it could have been Delphi as well. I think there could be an argument made that she was the cursed child being born of Voldemort and I Bellatrix. I don't think about that. So pretty much she's the two worst characters combined. Yeah, pretty much. Or the two best if you're a bad guy. I thought Bellatrix was, was great as a as an antagonist. My sister loves Bellatrix. Yes, she does, because she's crazy, and she just likes crazy people. <laughs> the story wasn't really hard to get into, if you like thinking that. It might be if you've never read Harry Potter before, but I've read all the books, some of them twice, and seen all the movies. The story was kind of easy to figure out at first. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend jumping in with this book. Even it would be kind of 
and that kind of very confusing. Yeah, it builds kind of on the nostalgia of the books. I wouldn't think it's something anybody would be interested in or even able to follow. Unless you read the previous. Unless you read the books. Or seen the movies, but books are better. Of course. So overall, a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think about it? Probably about 7. 7? What about you? I'm actually going to go like a 6. That's that's probably pushing it. Part of it was because the, the beauty of the Harry Potter world is in the descriptions and the background that yeah. J.K. Rowling's able to bring to it. My understanding is she has a her degrees in classical literature, which is why she's able to bring a lot of that to life. That would be good. Having it in play format, it didn't. It just didn't bring that picture. It might be better if you saw the play. But... Sure, because then you have the backgrounds and you'd have some some of the art, the artistic talent to yeah. that. So I think that'll be interesting. Of course, if it comes to the states and does a tour, I'm absolutely going to go see it with uh, me. If you're lucky. Hey! <laughs> well, I'll go as a family, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know that it's planning on touring the States anytime soon. It's playing in London now, so we're anxiously awaiting, but I'm sure they'll bring it to this market because it'll be huge, huge and they'll make a ton of money. They just want money. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. If people, if there wasn't profit motive, then people wouldn't create great things. Yeah, but how are they going to buy stuff with our kind of money in England? <laughs> money translates. You can change it all back to pounds when you go back to England. Or you can leave it here that, believe me, they will not have a problem spending the money. J.K. Rowling might have a problem spending her money. She has more money than the Queen. What? Yeah. She has more, I'm pretty sure she has more money than the Queen of England. If you don't count the fact that the Queen, like, I don't know how sovereignty works in England, but the Queen technically owns all the money in England, I think. Kind of. Or it used to be that way. So if you don't count that part, pretty sure she has more money than the Queen. <laughs> so who's your favorite character? Was anybody who stood out besides Albus and Scorpius? Mm. Not really. There wasn't really a lot of other main characters besides them. Delphi dot. Delphi. Delphi. What? However you want to pronounce her name, wasn't really a main character, a big character until the closer to the end. But she was pretty, pretty good. Delphi was actually one of my favorite characters until I realized that she was the antagonist. That was kind of disappointing. I liked her better when she was the antagonist. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm not talking about my favorite character. I thought they really dumbed Ron down. I mean, he was always kind of a, the goofball in the stories. Um, yeah. The, the comic relief, if you will. He seemed mad that he owned a go- joke shop. Like, Well, that was in the one... Well, he wasn't, that was in a different version, but... He, yeah, there was plenty of alternate realities and... Um, Back to the Future 2 kinds of scene behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain to Alora what that meant. Then we went and watched the trilogy. Now she understands. I just, I, I liked his character a little bit in the books. And it felt like they just turned him into this typical buffoon of a husband that is so normal in like sitcoms. It was really irritating to me. Hermione's the typical strong witch that she always was. She's Minister of Magic. She's doing great things. Harry's still the brooding, kind of recovering from his tragic past guy. Um, so the characters didn't change a whole lot. Uh, I really would have loved to have seen an appearance by some, maybe some of the other Weasleys. I thought they could have brought Ginny in a little bit stronger. Yeah. They showed her to be like this great witch in the books. Like she had great potential. She comes from a great line of, of powerful witches. They could have really brought that up perhaps. She was just kind of the average housewife. Just doing stuff on Yeah, a little bit. Maybe they could have brought Draco in a little bit more too. Although I thought he, I thought they did a really good job. Draco, 
I thought they did a good job of bringing out that conflict that Harry and him had had. Uh, at yeah. the end of the seventh book, they kind of looked at each other knowingly, and it, you're led to believe that they're they're cool now. They're not like best friends. They're not hanging out on weekends, but we understand each other. We're cool. We're, and then you get into this book, and there's still a good bit of tension there, it feels like. So they come back and have some fights like the good old days. Yeah, it was the same as Scorpius and Albus. Like, they didn't want each other. Harry and Draco didn't want... Albus and Scorpius hanging out because cause they were enemies and they don't want their kids being friends. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of awkward for Draco to drop Scorpius off ah. for like a overnight <laughs> and have to see Harry. Like, um, here, open the door, have fun. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap this up. Like I said, Alora gave it a 7 out of 10. Is that right? Um, what you said? Maybe 6.5. Don't let me influence you. Stick your guns. Kind of seven. Like All right, seven. And I'm going to give it a six. Part of it is strictly because, I mean, I thought the story was good, but just written in that script form. Don't know yeah. how I'm going to deal with that. And if I see the play, I will probably greatly enjoy the play, as long as it's not a musical. <laughs> that might be really irritating. All right, until we, until we talk to you next time, this is Jason. And this is Laura. Hopefully we'll have a name for this podcast soon. <laughs> Bye.